Hello and welcome to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're a startup church we just planted in September 2020. And at the Kalamazoo Church, we believe that Christianity is done best when it is done together. And so if you live in the Kalamazoo area, we would love to connect. Be it coming to a Sunday service, one of our small groups, or even just grabbing coffee with a member to learn more. You can visit kalamazoo.church in order to do that. We pray that you are inspired by what you hear today. If you ask a lot of people and you just take a poll of where does Jesus show up for the first time in the Bible, I think uh, most people will point to that know a little bit about the Bible and say, well, in Matthew is where Jesus shows up the first time. You know, if you just look through and you can't find him in the Old Testament, but he's there in Matthew. And um, we're going to talk about how that's just not true uh, over the next three months, right? We're, we're, we're going to have fun. Because uh, I'd put before you the first time Jesus shows up is actually in Genesis 1. Uh, right at the beginning of the Bible. And then the, the amazing part is you will be, we're going to look through just one book, but there, there are footprints and fingerprints of Jesus throughout the entirety of God's word. Uh, it's, not, it's not just the New Testament where God changed up. It's, it's, it's all over the Bible. Uh, and so we're going to, today we're going to find Jesus in Genesis 1. Um, but but over the next uh, coming coming months, I think we're going to learn a lot about the continuity of the biblical narrative. Uh, in general, we're just going to increase our biblical literacy and our ability to talk to people about the Bible, understand the Bible. Uh, we're going to have a greater knowledge of the Old Testament, and um, and then and then we're going to have I think a greater appreciation when we read some of the things that Jesus does, when we figure out some of the people that Jesus talks to. We're going to have a greater appreciation and we're going to be able to point to, oh, that's what happened in Genesis. Or, oh, I, I see it and I see the Bible as a, as a more continued, continuous narrative that it is. Uh, so, but today we're starting in the beginning, literally is what I put. It's kind of a cheesy, but you guys will get it in a sec. Uh, let's go to Genesis 1. I've got, I've got three. Um, we're looking at Genesis 1 and 2 today. And then we also are going to look at John 1. And I've got three kind of little breakdowns. There's not enough time to go through even Genesis 1 and 2. Uh, I Even you guys can look on, um, you guys can look, well, you know, be smart about it. You can look on the internet, though, and you can find what people say about, you know, Genesis 1 and how, you know, the numerology of all of this stuff. You can do that. That's that's a study that, you know, is probably pretty good for the most part, you know, and, and or you can... Uh, you can read the Bible and we can get tripped up as we read and think, well, is it talking about literal seven days or is it talking about, is it figurative? And, right. and you, there's, there's whole churches, whole denominations of faith that divide each other, uh, divide based on that. And I would say, let's not get caught in that. Let's see, uh, let's see what God is telling us about his character and then about who he made us to be in this, in this passage. Amen. Amen. Um, the first thing, though, the first little takeaway, the first little thing I want, I want us to gain and to learn is that God created to bring order. God created to bring order. We're in Genesis 1 and, and starting in verse 1. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. 
God saw the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and he called the, or, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault and the water above the vault. And it was so. God called the vault sky and there was evening and there was morning the second day. So, so pause here. Uh, it, it, the Bible starts and there's this description of what the world is like and what the, these, these words that, that the world is like according to the NIV are formless and empty and then there's darkness over the surface of the deep. This is, I, I understand it to be a pretty difficult word or a difficult phrase to translate from Hebrew to English. Uh, because it means it means a lot more than that, though. Like to say it, to put na- a word on it is really difficult. Like not only is it formless and empty, but it's also it's also chaos. It's also useless. Uh, these are all like the the word, the Hebrew word, or the Hebrew phrase can can mean all of these things as well. Uh, it's a wasteland, nothingness, a place of chaos, and then on top of that, it was dark and. We have God in His in His creation, uh, and and we just have we just understand it to be chaos. We understand it to be emptiness, or we understand it to be all of these all of these things. But what does it say then that, that God does? He speaks, and the wasteland becomes useful, right? And you can go on and on. Not only is light created, but then there's sky, and then there's sea, and dry land, and plants, and then there's sun, and then there's the you know and the moon. Uh, then there's sea life and there's birds and then he starts with wild animals and then we're going to talk about us in a second but then he makes us all of that stuff he he takes something that is formless and intentionally makes something that is amazing uh but there there's intentionality of it there's there's a focus that that god has from the beginning um and so what i would say is if the idea that this world came about by just by chance, or maybe you have heard about it or read read a little bit, and like I, I have, I've spent time. Like, how can people like what's the what's the defense for having the faith to say this is just a chance? You know that we right. just some you know, and there the defense from what I understand, and I'm not in the scientist, but is that there's like you know thousands upon thousands upon thousands of you know, of these type planets that like, we just have the exact right combination that makes it so that life can exist. And you guys have, again, learned about if the sun is just a little bit away or a little bit closer, we're not here and all of the perfection of it, but it's just by chance because there's another alternate universe where the sun is, the you know, the star, whatever, is a little bit closer and that they just died. And then there's another alternate universe. Where it, that, that takes a lot of faith, I think, right. doesn't it? That take, yeah. takes more faith than to just believe in God is what I would say. But... I understand how how sinister that lie is, though, because that is then saying that there's there's this God that from the beginning he he created in order to bring order. You're saying one of the main characteristics of God to to take chaos and make it orderly is something he doesn't have. And so my whole worldview is totally skewed because now God, I'm, I'm looking at him and he's he's looking down on me and he loves the chaos or he's looking down on the chaos. No, I think God. Uh, we're going to read about Jesus. Uh, we're going to see Genesis. We're going to see it really quickly here. Uh, but God, God hate God hates the chaos. Is right. what I would say. He right. He came in and he spoke, and then there there was no chaos anymore. Wow. 
Uh, you take humanity out of the qu- equation, this world can sustain itself, right? Yeah, yeah. Take humanity out and the, the, the world is fine. It, it's, it's, it'll be doing good. Uh, let's go over to John 1 because there's this phrase in the beginning and the author, uh, you know, John intended, uh, he, he actually starts with the same phrase and he wanted us to look, when he's writing in John 1, he wants us to point to, oh wait, I know what he's talking about in Genesis 1. Uh, in, in John 1, um, it says it says this. Uh, so you you might say, or your you know un, unknowing uh, friend might say, well, Jesus shows up for the first time in Matthew, and and here it says in John one, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him there was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Okay, so stop here. Uh, it says, in the beginning was the Word. And then later on, it says, he became flesh and dwelt among us. He's the, this, this Word is a capital W. It's talking about Jesus. And it's saying, in the beginning then, Jesus Jesus was there too. Uh, this is, uh, this, we, we, we learn in whatever way that Jesus is the creator uh, of, the, of the world. Um, you guys just reference it. Uh, we might look at it later, but I don't. I don't think so. It's reference Colossians one fifteen through seventeen, and then Hebrews one one through three. But some of the the imagery that we get through looking at the Bible is that you have the Father, and then you have the Son, and everything is created by both of them, but through the Son actually. But the Bible says that though, and how does the Bible say that? Well, what does it call Jesus? It calls him the Word. How does, how does God, the Father, how does he create uh, the, this, this world? How does he bring order? Through his voice, exactly. And so now we're, we're wow, Jesus has been there from the beginning. Uh, the world was ordered and it was given purpose through Jesus. Millennia before he physically came to earth as a man, he had already given order to, to the universe he was then going to, uh, to, to live in. Um, and then, and then he's the light. Uh, God creates light. He's the light that makes everything else make sense, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and so, un- what does that mean, though? Because uh, we don't want to be just people who uh, read the Bible and understand it and feel good about ourselves or feel like we have this deep knowledge and then don't do anything. What does that mean for us? Uh, this is just the first point, though. We're, we're going to speed up here at some point. Uh, well, I, I think with without God, understand the world is chaos. Um, it's disorder, it's vain, like it's, it's useless. So don't be, just be aware of that and don't be surprised by it though. I think is, is one of my, my big takeaways. Don't turn a blind eye to the chaos that's occurring in almost every, every setting and situation in relationships in friendships in, in the pursuit of money, there ought to be an awareness and there ought to be a, a deep empathy that we can feel as we look at this, this world and, and when we say this world, understand that I'm not even speaking to uh, the, the the stuff that's so that's so obvious. I mean, even behind the surface, like you can look out and you can see uh, you can see poverty and you can see war and you can see crime. And I'm speaking even a little bit deeper. Some of the the, the people who we call we identify who we were as upstanding citizens or right. pretty decent or uh, you know they they've got it all together. Uh, Guys, we have to see that there's chaos inside of every, uh, all of their relationships. They don't have God, right? That's, that's, that's a reality. And so don't be afraid of that. Don't, 
think that's not there. You don't, I, don't look down on them for that. Understand that we were or we are the same way without Christ. We're, we're those who, we can't do anything right in relationships without Jesus, right? So that's the, the first, uh, the first little, little takeaway, uh, is that God created to bring order. Um, the next, and go to Genesis 1.26 now, it's that God created humans in his own image. Genesis 1.26, uh, it says, Then God said, Let us, us, plural, here we go, now we're, we're seeing Jesus again, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I'll give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth uh, and every tree that has fruit with seeds in it, that they will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth, all the birds in the sky, all the creatures that move along, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. And then God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. So the, the Bible says that God created humans in, in, in his own image. And uh, that's a, that's an we we heard we hear that again. I, I think that's one of the things that you guys learned growing up. It's it's easy. It's, at some points, it's easy when things are going well in my life. It's easy for me to think, "Well, God definitely created me in His own image." You know, I'm doing I'm doing a good job. You know, and I'm being a good father. I'm being patient. I'm I'm loving Bianca. And and but uh, but when we're in conflict with somebody, isn't that the first place that we go? That I don't know how they are like the way they are like. There's something so wrong uh, about about them. Um, the, the, uh, John, John one fourteen again, maybe just reference it cause we're going to keep talking pretty quick. So it says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Mm. Love this. I love this scripture. I, I actually, I heard a sermon on it years ago and it's just been, Part of the, the way that I've tried to see this, this whole world from um, over the last about 10 years or so is when, is when I heard it when I was in, gosh, college. Uh, there you go. Uh, and so, so understand, though, what, what's, what's going on, what's happening. So Jesus understands that people are made and that he made people in his image. And so, so he came full of grace and truth. And so for you and I, the best way, the way that we can interact with people that's most like Jesus is by having, be, being full of grace and being full of truth. And, and I would say that just about every one of your conflicts that you can, you think about the most recent conflict that you've had with somebody, take a moment. And I bet you, you'd, you could look at it now if I ask, okay, where did you lack grace? I bet you could think of, you know, where you lacked grace. Uh, Where'd you lack truth? Maybe you'd say, well, I told them what they needed to hear. But then I'd say, no, no, where'd you lack truth, though? Where'd you lack the truth that, that they are made in God's image? Every, every conflict and relations, every, every issue, 
that uh, that that you're in, that I'm in right now, that I that you still feel something. There's 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 passages in the Bible. It just says make every effort to live at peace with everyone. And so, as far as it depends on you, it's Romans 12. And so you're like, there's there's a point when it just doesn't depend on us. But if you're in conflict with somebody, and it, I bet you there's probably some that it kind of depends on you. Uh, the other the other thing, and I, I wrote it down, and I almost don't want to say it is uh, what did it say, what characteristic did he specifically, did, did God specifically give uh, to his people that, that was like, this is how my image is? It says, let us make mankind so that they may rule. And so when we have bosses that we're not fired up by, um, I guess it's, it's kind of, it should be easy to see, well, that God gave them that ability. He made them be those who can rule. And so it's okay that they're ruling. They're not doing it the best way. But they're acting like God in some type of way that's in their nature. You know, but Jesus was, was able to serve because he saw himself. He saw, he saw the Father in all of us. That's why he was able to come on this earth and live a perfect life. Every, you can read every, every interaction in the scripture that just says Jesus looked at the, the rich young ruler and he loved him. And then he said, one thing you lack. And so there's full of grace but he has to speak the truth that you lack this one thing. The reason how the reason that, that you, the reason that I feel how I feel about people, the reason that I feel slighted, the reason that I feel anger or unloved or frustrated or stressed out at, at, at interactions is, is because I'm just not seeing people properly. I'm just not seeing people in, in God's image. And so I, I I pray then, this is a little bit of a, a litmus test, just make 2023 the year you decide that when there's some kind of conflict that you have with somebody, just decide, I'm just going to see them how Jesus, how I'm going to see them that, that God made them. I'm going to see them like if they were Jesus. And you're like, well, they don't act like Jesus. That's not what we're trying to do. We're just trying to just see them how, how really you can see them how Jesus sees you, or you can just try to pray oh. to see them like, like they're, like they're Jesus. It's, uh, again, I, the, the issue with that, right, is if you do that, it means you'll get slighted, right? And that means that things, things might not get an awful lot better, but I think, you'll feel, I think you'll feel more resolved when you pray to God at night. I think you'll feel like, well, I, just, I did what I could. I'm, I'm doing everything I can. And the, the, last, the last little little bit here is that God created humans to feel no shame. So now go to Genesis 2. It talks, all Genesis is talking about uh, the, the creation of, of humanity, and uh, one of the, the the challenges this week is to read Genesis 1 and 2 and then John 1 this week. So Genesis 1 and 2, and then read John 1. But it, it, just, says, uh, it just says here in Genesis 2, 25, uh, it says, Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. The world does an awful good job of, of uh, shaming us, doesn't it? When I say us, I don't, I don't mean Christians. I mean the world does an awfully good job of shaming humanity, just shaming people. Like there's uh, this the mom shaming movement that if you parent in one way that you look down on by other parents, you know, and there's, you know, the, the, the you can go down the list of people like you leave early for work. They don't know that you showed up an hour or two early, but they're like, oh, you're gone already. You take an hour long, long. you know, you, you get it. There's, there's constantly every, 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 just about every interaction, if you buy an expensive item for your children, 
They're like, why'd you spend your money on that? If you don't buy an expensive item for your children, you're like, wow, you must not love them. You know, and, and this is, it's ju- it just happens on either side. You can't win the world. The world is all about it. Uh, we all relate because we all, we all feel it. I would say the, the hope, the amazing, the amazing reality is that the intention uh, is, is that God created humans not to feel this shame. The shame is that if that if that's true, that means this shame is purely from the devil, right? That means the, the the shame even that we that we you know project, that's that's the devil using us. But the shame that we then embrace and, and make it a part of our characters, that's that's just us taking uh, God's perfection and saying, yeah, that the devil is probably a little bit right here. And so I would say though, don't let your twenty twenty three as you as you look back on twenty twenty two, don't let your twenty twenty three start with. Uh, your cup already full of shame and and guilt and grossness, go dump it out, dump it on somebody. You know, go just just start fresh. It doesn't. They don't have to. You know, they don't have to give you all the answers. Just let it go. You know, and and don't certainly let it go to God. Absolutely, go ahead and let it go to to somebody else so that they can remind you. Hey, I know you're not that way. Hey, I know. Yeah, you think you've been you haven't been doing good in this area. You're, you're, feel like you've been messing up in your marriage or in, in you know your, your day-to-day life or you feel like your walk with God is at the lowest it's ever been I, I, I know I know God doesn't want that for you they're, they're, they're people we're here so we can help each right. other not to feel this right uh, so as we as we as we close up we we just three three big things from Genesis 1 and 2 is that God orders chaos and he's the only one who can that you're created in God's image and the people who don't like you are too. And that God doesn't want you to feel shame. And if, if uh, there's, there's no better example um, than Jesus coming on this earth to show us all of these things, right? Because he, he did order chaos. Uh, he did make sense of the, the difficulties and intricacies of life. Uh, he did view everybody as, as if they were, they, were, they were actually in God's image. And he took uh, the woman caught in adultery. He took the, the woman at the well. He took the, the rich young ruler, and he he brought them to not feel shame, right? Uh, or at least gave them that opportunity to not feel shame. So to close up, I, I want to uh, we're going to read through this, and then um, then we're going to pray for communion. Um, but I want to I I, I want to I looked at uh, the every chapter of Genesis, and we'll read it now. Maybe at some maybe every month at the end of every month we'll read it. Uh, and we'll, we'll kind of tweak it a little bit. But I want to go through, um, there's 50 sentences, but we're going to see Jesus in every chapter uh, in the book of Genesis. And so it says, uh, Jesus was with God in the beginning. Jesus is the creator of mankind. Jesus is the defeater of the serpent and sin. Jesus is the choicest sacrifice given for us. He is the faithful servant. He is the man who found favor in the eyes of the Lord. He is the obedient servant acting faithfully despite opposition. Jesus is the dove extending an olive branch of hope. Jesus is the faithful covenant. He is the ruler over every people group on the face of the earth, whether they know it or not. Jesus is the only hope that humanity has for unity. Jesus is the great nation. He is the unlikely. He is unexpected. He is the wisdom of God. He is the high priest in the order of Melchizedek, both king and intercessor for God's people. He is the blazing torch of hope, and he is the smoking fire pot of judgment. He is the comforter to the brokenhearted and overlooked. Jesus is the fulfillment of the old covenant. 
Jesus is the lone righteous servant. He is our longing for the complete eradication of sin. He is our protector and shield against sin. Jesus is the child improbably born. Jesus is the lamb that God provided for the burnt offering. He is the mighty prince revered even by those who don't know him. Jesus is the answered prayer for living water. Jesus is the forfeited birthright so that we may have an inheritance. He is the abundance that the nations are envious of. Jesus is the blessing given to the undeserved. He is the holiness that draws in and pushes away. Jesus is the faithful husband working tirelessly for his bride, the church. Jesus is the shrewd negotiator and the diligent planner. Jesus is the patient discernment that resolves conflict. He is the one who wrestles and always comes out victorious. Jesus is complete forgiveness and reconciliation. He is the passionate avenger for all hurt and wrongdoing. Jesus is God's continual reminder of his covenant to his people. Jesus is the living water in the desert. Jesus is the despised dreamer. He is the tactful confronter of sin. Jesus is the shameless display of purity. Jesus is the forgotten prisoner. Jesus is giving his father all of the glory with every word he speaks. Jesus is the one we will all answer to. Jesus is weeping at the hope of his family being restored. He is the repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. He is the unmasked official who was sold, then was, livid, then was lifted up, and he is alive. He is who prophets long to see. He is planning a place and a way out for his family. They are equals, and yet he bowed to the Father. And now we ought to bow to both of them. He is the Lion of Judah. He is our provider, and that promise is for our children and for all who are far off. We intended him harm, but God intended him good, and he cannot be stopped. Jesus is in Genesis. Amen. Amen. Right now we are going to pray for communion. And uh, as we do, uh, pray, pray for the best 2023, uh, pray for the best year that we could ever imagine. But give, give glory to God the whole way. Amen. Let's pray. Dear God, uh, Lord, we, we love you. God, we are, we're unworthy. Jesus, uh, we're grateful that, that, that your plan was from the beginning. God, we're, we're grateful that you, you told us that, uh, you, you, you told us what to do and then you lived it out perfectly. We're just, we don't measure up. We're not close to measuring up. And yet, if we're going to believe the scriptures, uh, we, we realize that, that you look at us as if, uh, knowing that we already do measure up in some, in some crazy way. Jesus, we're so grateful for your promise. We're so grateful for your sacrifice ultimately on the cross. Uh, I pray that we carry your, your life and your death with us every day, but I pray that we carry uh, your resurrection with us as well. Uh, please, Lord, continue to, to guide us. I pray that 2023 will be, uh, will be the year, whatever the year is. Uh, for this this group or for us individually, I pray that it is the year. You are so good. You are holy. You you have risen from the dead, but Lord, it means you had to die. And so, thank you for your sacrifice. Uh, I pray that this uh, this 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 cracker that, that represents your your body and the the juice that represents your blood may be taken um, somberly, but but with hope. Lord, we love you. This is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. If you're in the Kalamazoo area, 
We'd love to get connected. Please go to kalamazoo.church and fill in your information to come to a Sunday service or any other event that we have going on. In any case, you'll be hearing from us next week. Come on! Too busy saving souls.